Sidewalk Audio presents Shadow Magic, a podcast novel by John Lenahan, read by the author. Chapter 22, The Return to the Hazel Lands. I never do my worst, said a familiar voice. I always do my best. I knew that voice. It definitely was not big hair. Master Dahi? I asked into the darkness. You were doing well until you let him throw sand in your eyes, Dahi said. Where's the banshee? He is quite dead, Dahi stated. I hated to interfere, but I lost my temper when he used sand. I threw a knife into his neck. Thanks, I said. My knees started to buckle as relief washed over me. I sat down, hard. How are the others? They're all fine. Don't worry. Let's take a look at those eyes. He left me and came back with a water skin to rinse out my peepers. They stung like crazy, but I was relieved to find that I could see again. I was afraid he had blinded me for life. By the time I could use my sore eyes properly, all the fighting was finished. The ground was littered with dead banshees. Mom and Neve were tending sorely. No one else seemed to be harmed. I was relieved to see Acorn on his feet. Essa was examining his front legs. Is Acorn okay? I don't think anything is broken, she said. He was tripped by some sort of rock and rope weapon. You shouldn't ride him for a while. Well, you've got the rest of the week off, old friend, I said as I stroked his nose. He snorted in reply as if to say, Don't worry about me. What a great horse. A shout came from Dahi. Deirdre, I think you should look at this. Something in his voice made us all gather around. In his hand he held a leather cord with a small gold amulet hanging from it. I found this around the neck of the banshee with all the hair. It looks like the one your father used to wear. He held it up and showed it to my mother. She gasped and placed her hand over her mouth. Her eyes instantly watered up. I made it for him when I was a little girl, Mom said. A voice behind me spoke with so much venom that I didn't recognize it. Now we know who destroyed the Hall of Knowledge. I turned. It was Essa. You could almost feel the heat from the fire in her eyes. I always wondered what it would be like to be a celebrity walking into a movie premiere and having hundreds of people pushing just to get a glimpse of me. Now I know. It's quite nice. Jared and Dahi had arrived the night before and had told Lorcan all about us. The news that the one-handed Prince Oisin of the Red Hand was about to arrive at the camp apparently set the whole place buzzing. Imps and leprechauns lined our route and saluted as we passed, even to me. Luckily, imps and leprechauns don't believe in prophecies much. Lorcan and Jared were waiting for us outside of Lorcan's headquarters in the ruins of the Hall of Knowledge. 
Lorcan obviously wanted to greet the returning Prince of Dor with pomp and ceremony, but Jared spoiled that idea. As soon as we came into view, Jared started laughing that infectious laugh of his. Essa broke ranks and ran into her father's arms. Lorcan was about to salute my father when Jared stepped forward and took Dad by the shoulders. "'My gods, O Isen, what has the real world done to you?' Jared said. "'It has made me older, Lord Jared.' Jared smiled. "'Has it made you wiser?' That is what we are here to find out. Jared nodded in agreement and gave Dad a big hug. Welcome home, Oisin. Lorcan tried once again to introduce himself, but Jared thwarted him again. He grabbed Fergal and me by the neck and then gave us a hug that almost banged our heads together. Well, well, Deirdre, these two young things found you after all. They did indeed, Mom answered. And I'm... Very glad they found you, too. Thank you for looking after them, Lord Jared. Jared laughed. Ah, they're good boys, he said, as he tightened his uncomfortable hug. Give them a hundred years and they'll make good men. We rubbed our sore necks as he approached Mom. Deirdre, you have been too long away, Jared said. Why did you never contact me? I did not want to get you into trouble, Mom answered. From now on, let me be the judge of the trouble I get into. He took Mom's face in his huge hands and kissed her on the forehead. Speaking of trouble, I think we should get a drink and make some plans. Jared grabbed Mom and Dad by the arms and whisked them into the hall. Everyone else followed except Lorcan, who was still standing at attention. I seem to be the only person who noticed how uncomfortable he was. Would you like me to introduce you to my dad? I asked after everyone else had gone. Yes, I would, Prince Connor, he replied very stiffly. Well, well, I thought. It's Prince Connor now, is it? Should I tell him that you knocked me out and tied me up? I would appreciate if you did not, he replied. I let him stew for a bit and then smiled. Come on, Larkin, we have a war to plan. Inside the headquarters, it was pandemonium. Jared was laughing and dishing out drinks and generally being the life of the party that he was famous for. Excuse me, I said, but Jared took no notice. I looked over to Essa. She gave me a, he's always like this look. She tapped him on the shoulder and whispered in his ear. He settled down after that. Lord Oisin, Lady Deirdre, I said in my most regal of voices, I present you Lorcan the Leprechaun. Lorcan obviously didn't like the title, but I couldn't resist it. Commander of the Army of the Red Hand. I remember your father, Lorcan, Dad said. Where is he? Dead, my lord. Soon after you left, most of the senior engineers died in a mining accident. Now many of us are suspicious about the cause. I am sorry for the trouble my family has caused you, Dad said, bowing his head. Your family has caused me no harm, my lord. The source of my, our trouble, is Kielty. Lorcan went on. I'm sorry to interrupt your reunion, 
and I know you must be weary after your travels, but we have little time. Lorcan walked up to a large round table in the middle of the room. Everyone circled around it. From a satchel around his waist, Lorcan produced a medallion and threw it on the table. It was about the size of a beer mat made of silver and crafted in the shape of a tree. The branches of the tree flowed into the roots, making a continuous circle. It was beautiful and very stylized. This is a template for an amulet, Lorcan said. What? came the instant response from almost everyone around the table. This seemingly innocuous statement made Mom and Neve snap their heads around and drop their mouths wide open. It was as if Lorcan had just said, I eat babies for breakfast. Kielty is making this out of gold? Mom asked. He has done it already. How do you know? Dad asked. We have spies in the castle, Lorcan said. Kielty has set up a secret gold smithy in the east wing. We must stop him before he uses it, Neve said. I'm afraid it's too late. He already has. Where? Dad demanded. When? Lorcan turned to a soldier and said, Ask Master Brone to join us. The soldier nodded and left. Excuse me, I interrupted. I'm sorry for being a little thick, but I'm new around here. What's so bad about making this thing out of gold? Neve answered me. Most of the magic in the land is fueled by gold. Most gold is used to make amulets, like the Rothlu amulet you once wore around your neck. The most important rule when designing an amulet is to make sure the power has a place to go. An amulet must have a point for the spell to exit from. What if it doesn't? What if it's a circle like this one? Then it explodes. Did you notice, my father said, that you hardly ever see gold finger rings in the land? I hadn't, but then I looked around the room and I saw that everyone there was wearing at least one ring, but all were made out of silver. There are very few goldsmiths that can make gold rings that won't blow your hand off, Dad said. Neve nodded in agreement. An amulet in a circle will explode. An amulet like this one, where all of the power is channeled back to the center, is... She searched for the word. A bomb, Dad said. Not just a bomb, Mom said. There's no way of knowing how much energy it will build up before it explodes. You mean it's like a magic nuke? Nobody knew what that meant except Dad. That's about right. How bad, I asked. Could it take out a village? It can, came a weak voice at the door. And it has. I've seen people who are depressed and down on their luck, but I had never seen a truly broken man before. The man who entered the room was in bad shape. This is Brone from the village of Moor, Lorcan said. I know Brone, my father said. You run the Riverside Inn. I have fished there. Brone perked up a bit when he saw Oisin, but then the weight of his news pushed back on his shoulders and he looked down. 
It's gone, Lord Oisin. All gone. What is gone, Brone? Dad asked gently. The inn? Everything, my lord. I didn't think he was going to say anything more, but then he gathered what little strength he had and went on. A week ago I was upriver fishing when I heard an awful sound, and then a wave came and threw me out of my boat. A wave came upriver. I never heard of such a thing. My boat was damaged. I had to walk back to the village, but when I did it was gone. At first I thought I was lost, but I was not. I was home. Not one stone was left on top of another. Everything. Everyone. Gone. Brown could speak no more. A soldier caught him before he could fall and led him out of the room. Dad looked to Lorcan for confirmation. Lorcan nodded yes. Why would he do this? Why destroy a village as peaceful as Moor? Dad said as he sat heavily into a chair. I think it was simply a test, Lorcan said. A test for what? Dad said, smashing his hand on the table. He looked at Lorcan with daggers in his eyes and then composed himself. For this. Lorcan unrolled a sheet of paper on the table. It was obviously printed plans of Castle Dora as seen from above. Around the castle was a thick circle in red ink, with thinner lines circling under the castle and then back into the outside circle. It was obvious even to me what it was. Are you saying that Kielty is going to circle the whole castle? With a circular amulet? Dad asked. We think he is almost finished, Lorcan said. That is why he is hoarding all of the gold, Jared said, understanding. Can you imagine how much gold it must have taken? I saw this in a shadow casting, but I didn't know what it was, Mom said in a faraway voice. How could I know? How could I imagine anyone would do such a thing? Let me get this straight, I said. If Kyolti sets this thing off, he kills any army attacking the castle, right? If Kyolti sets this off, Neve replied, it could destroy all of the land and everything in it. You have been listening to Shadow Magic, a podcast novel by John Lenahan. Music gratefully provided by Lunasa. To hear more of their fabulous music, please visit their website, www.lunasa.ie. That's www.lunasa.ie. For more information about Shadow Magic or its author, please visit www.shadowmagic.com. 
www.cloud.co.uk. Thank you very much for listening.